Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Um... KJ. Andy. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with a theme discussion, this week being movies we found after we moved out. Thanks to our guest, Andy, for picking the movie of this week. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Logging into the shared drives of your college network in 2004, you would have had to choose between AVP, Alien vs. Predator, Jet Li's Hero, Shaun of the Dead, Friday Night Lights, and today's movie, Primer. KJ will be our questioner today. KJ, what is Primer all about? In Primer, we follow Aaron and Abe, who are two engineers who are doing experiments in their garage. Through these experiments, they stumble upon time travel, and then we spend the rest of the movie with them taking advantage of the time travel, discovering the dangers of the time travel kind of mutely. There's some twists and turns, I think, and it ends very confusingly with different characters moving in different directions. I'm not really sure. I think one of them goes to Mexico. Or France. Well, as, they're speaking, as they're speaking French, but maybe, maybe this is the, you know. There could have been a of... timeline where they were going to Mexico. Yeah. It's time for question one. What do Aaron and Abe always have around their neck? Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Yeah, I've decided to do some gimme questions here. because There was an episode I didn't get any points and I felt kind of, you know. So, uh, <laughs> Andy, what do you have? They're always wearing ties. Tom? Yeah, Nick. ties. Ties. Yes, they're always wearing ties. And collars. Oh, I did hear this movie was, like, shot and, like, started way before 2004. So maybe the dress code was just mm -hmm. different. There, there, I, I'm going to object to this. One of the reasons, there's, there's two reasons I know we're. I'm gonna, we're digressing from our our, our <laughs> format, but uh, number one, the other characters don't wear the same white shirts. Number two, there's other scenes where they're wearing slightly different outfits, and both of them are wearing this slight change. They're both wearing at one point a sweater, mm. and it's the same sweater. So <laughs> there you go. That explains it. It's time for question two. What is the goal? of the original experiment in the film. Locked in? Locked in. Locked in. All right, Nick, what do you have? The original goal was to see if it works. Ha <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice, Tom. Tom? <laughs> no, I, I like I like his That's like what his it answer. was. That's that was what a, it was. Nelson Haha, -ha, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, no, I wasn't I wasn't laughing at Nick. Oh, I, oh. I was appreciating that answer. <laughs> I, I, I that was my legitimate I, answer. Yeah, that was my legitimate say answer. That. It's kind uh, of like, that's what they're doing in the film. Why didn't they take the bus? Because he didn't. Yeah, take yeah, the I was bus. thinking the same. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Tautology Luigi. 
honestly, go back to the film. They want to see if it works. Yeah. So uh, is it me next? Yeah, Tom. They don't know what it does. They, they um, the initial goal was to reduce the weight of things, presumably for transport. So you could transport things cheaper if they weigh less. And Andy? Yeah, I was going to say mass reduction. Yep, that is correct. They in indeed were trying to reduce the weight or mass of objects so points go to that wasn't just Andy. a side effect of it that actually was their objective the time the time travel was the side effect because they yeah. didn't uh, they didn't know that they had the um the the thing that was measuring the grams at first it was like eight grams it. and it went to like six got and a half grams. i do remember that yep set it to decagrams yeah it was um <laughs> or decigrams i guess yeah decigrams but it also yeah, right. it was the like the protein they ended up creating a protein film that might be worth something but no, well, no, no, the protein, protein was yeah, was a was an accidental side effect of of the time going really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. that seemed to me a suggestion that potentially they were thinking of selling that because they can make it so fast. They were just trying to figure out what it could do, and they were saying like, "Oh, this may be something that." Oh, really? Okay. I think it's like they put bread in it, and then the bread was like crazy moldy, and they were like, "What happened?" You know. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah, I see. it was I a see. side effect where they're like, "What do we do with this thing now?" Yeah. And mm. then they realized the reason it was happening was because time was speeding up. It's time for question three. What does Abe have on the floor above the floor with the time machines? What? Can you say that again? What does Abe have? on the floor, above the floor, with the time machines. Oh, locked in. Locked in. I think you should have cleared these questions with Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll rephrase, I'll rephrase. What does Abe have on the second floor of the public storage uh, facility, assuming the time machines are on the first floor? Got it, locked in. All right, Nick, what do you have? He had a spare machine. It was like a fail-safe machine. Tom? I also had a fail-safe machine. Andy? Yeah, fail-safe. No. All right, points for everybody. Yep, another time machine's up there. Long-running time machine. What's on the third floor above the second floor? <laughs> Whoa, sounds the like backup fail-safe. It's time for question four. How did Aaron get so far back in time? Locked in. I'm also going to say locked in, too. Locked in. All right, Nick, what do you have? I believe he brought in more oxygen so that he could stay in there longer, which would allow him to go further back in time. Tom? Yes, but I also thought he made a time machine in a time machine. I thought the idea was that they're recyclable, so he could actually build a time machine in a time machine, which would explain the end of the movie, right? Why each, um, each meter would need to be occupied with something. Andy? Yeah, well, unclear, and I probably there's debate about it, but he he definitely took pieces of a time machine inside the other time machine. Whether or not he occupied a time machine within a time machine is a, is an interesting question, but they, they talked about them being modular enough that they would like break down and be be uh like you know you could put it back together. But I'm realizing now, just as a thought is that the beginning of the movie that the experiment with the um oh you know what i'm wrong never mind it's not a thing i was gonna say they have a weeble wobble that's that's the thing that's like the uh mm -hmm. uh the mass reduction and i thought it was a matroska doll for a second 
I did would have too. Been more telling, telling with yeah. the time machine in the time I machine. I did but too. That's not a thing, so <laughs> I, I had yeah, I had the same response. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Oh, well. All right, points to Tom and Andy, which puts them at 10 points each. Nick at four. I don't have any bonus questions, so I'm going to say Nick went back in time and swept twice because he was in the machine for so long. I'm giving the episode to Nick. Oh, hey. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can take it. I don't, I, it just doesn't feel right. Well, neither does time travel. So that's a... The only way I would win this is if I went back in time after already knowing all these answers. Which we'll do, audience. If you listened last week, you can hear it. So just, but to, just to clarify, the end of the movie when he says every meter... He's making time machines and time machines, right? No, he's. I think he's making a giant one. But why would he say every meter? Because that's how how much the um the sensors need to be spaced out, like the uh, the field generators. Oh, okay. He said he's like every meter everywhere, like on the ceiling mm. and the floors, and that's that's my assumption. Was like okay. that's that's the mini field generators, like the spacing. Mm-hmm. I thought he said it was collapsible. Well, yeah, but if he's trying to make a huge one so that they can do other stuff inside it, I think he was like trying to make a warehouse time machine. Mm. Wow. Uh, that's what I thought, too. But I thought it was time machines and time machines so that there would be uh, that he could go further and further back. Well, the the bigger you made it, the more layers you could do. So that that could be. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Unless... Anyway. More ambiguity. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations to Nick, our winner. I guess. Thanks. We'll be diving into our topic of the week, movies we found after we moved out, right after this quick break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? <laughs> I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, <laughs> we died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to say the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Golem. Gollum. Say Gollum dark you talk to Gollum. thorin says hurry up and we died and we died so we went northeast last time so let's go southwest you go southwest visible exits are north northwest you see the valuable golden ring oh wow. here. that's wait, wait, wait. perfect oh, that's wow. perfect limited lexicon Coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. The topic of the week to refresh your memory 
and my memory is movies we found after we moved out. Apparently, I waited a long time to find out this one after I moved out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, Andy recommended Primer, and I was pretty excited to revisit it. Um, and it was while I was watching it, I realized it was a movie that I would not have found while living at my folks' house or wherever I was growing up. It wouldn't have been found in a blockbuster rental store. I, I don't think you would have gone to the theaters to see it. My parents wouldn't have recommended it. I don't think I'd recommend it to my parents. So I thought it was a great example of a movie you would only find if you were in a situation where you were kind of on your own or with a bunch of other people that were on their own. It made me think of other movies that I, I had found in college, something like Royal Tenenbaums, Bowling for Columbine, Adaptation, <laughs> um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, a Japanese movie called Bright Future. Like th these smaller movies that they don't get the mainstream advertisements. They, they just, where else are you going to find them except your roommate knows some guy who found some VHS that has a movie on it. Battle Royale might be another um, good example, although I haven't seen it. Um, but how about you guys? Do you guys find any movies after you moved out that you don't think you would have necessarily found while living at home? I'll say like my palette of acceptable movies. I mean, obviously when we were in high school, we went to go see stuff that my parents wouldn't necessarily know about, but, but it was like, it was like kind of limited. I mean, a access was more limited and, um, and the kind of palette of, of acceptable topics and things from my my mom was was more limited so i i kind of think of it in, in almost like interesting genres um categories of 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 discovery that i made later like indie sci-fi indie in general um and uh also you know weird comedy especially like stoner comedy was not a thing before <laughs> before <laughs> college like super troopers right amazing mm -hmm. um but it rem this reminded me a, a lot of uh really obscure movies that um that don't necessarily make sense like pie you guys see see oh yeah not life of pie but just pie yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah american beauty i found in college like that 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 was a little bit more mainstream because i had had a you know some big name actors in it but that it's a topic that you know would not have been big in our friend group necessarily and it was it was one of those college movies yeah and it's not a friday night family movie yeah i also feel movies like Donnie Darko were also yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Great example. Yeah. Time frame. That's a very good example. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I I was in the camp of college people who watched Pi, who watched Donnie Darko, who watched Primer. I, I saw Primer when it when it came out. Who watched the the films of David Lynch, which also mm. um, has oh, the Mah uh, Mahal and Drive. I watched in college. Yeah, I watched it too. Mulholland yeah. Drive was in a, a WTF film, so to speak. I think a lot of these movies fall yeah. into the, the WTF Great. category. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because they're movies that are that aren't interested in delivering your standard three act picture in a standard three act way, right? Even if they are a three act picture, I think this movie kind of works in a three act way. Uh, they they want to give you something different, something strange. There's typically a very strong auteur presence. So, you know, the director is like the director, writer, in this case, composer, star, blah, blah, blah. So there's a sort of singular vision that is looking to to mess with your head in a little bit. Um, Donnie Darko also has a kind of time travel 
aspect to it as well as a super creepy rabbit um yeah that's the yeah. big thing <laughs> david lynch's inland empire from 2006 also has giant super creepy rabbits so maybe that's the theme but there, there's something about these movies where they are I, I wouldn't say the highest quality but they speak to like a 20 something year old's need to see something different right not to see the exciting movies of being a teenager or the childish movies when you were a child but something that seems even if it's a pretense but seems to be engaging you intellectually at the time in your life when you have the most fluid intelligence when you're in college and learning a bunch of new stuff these movies have that that kind of feel they're kind of they're sort of mysterious they're sort of gnostic they promise a kind of mystery in them and not just a story. They tend to be dark. Yeah. Mm. Dark mm. And, and not not warm and fuzzy uh, conclusions, typically. Mm. Yeah. Which again speaks to the college experience, right? You as a young person, <laughs> yeah. you're you're like, I like dark, you know, you you're in that kind of mood. Yeah. You're in that space. Yeah. And you're also surrounded mm -hmm. by people that are probably like minded to you, depending on your major, and they're in the same situation. So it's fun to talk about these movies with that crowd as well. So it kind of feeds on itself. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. It's um, yeah. And the, the college atmosphere, which we've all been through. And I think that's a common experience of, of most people nowadays, maybe not most people, but most, you know, a, a strong minority, if not majority do have that experience of the friend group who get together to solve the mystery of this movie. Right. And um and if you're somewhat nerdy in your disposition, and I might suggest that this podcast is featuring four people <laughs> who might be somewhat nerdy in their disposition. Uh, if you can't fight them, join them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then, then film not as a pastime, but film as a puzzle, as a prospect of insight becomes very important when you're uh, dispositionally uh, nerdy in what your tastes mm -hmm. are. All I can think about while we're talking about movies we found in college is one that does not fit this theme at all. It just jumps out of my mind. It was freshman year. I, my floor, a bunch of people in my dorm, we're going to go see Harry Potter. The first one came out. And I was like, oh, that's oh, for yeah. like little kids and whatever. And then I went and I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> and it's also a memorable evening because before we went to the movies, we went to an Indian buffet and that's the first time I ever had Indian food. And I've loved it ever since. That sounds like a great night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It really was. <laughs> and I, I, I'm also interested to, and I guess I'll throw this to Andy. Um, now that the members of this podcast might be approaching slash are at middle age. Um, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll live forever. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick is Zeno's arrow. He's never actually getting <laughs> to the target. Um, but, but especially, and like now that we're kind of at middle age and we're maybe, you know, 20 years removed from this movie, we're almost 20 years removed from this movie. It's 19 years old. Like as you're watching it now in the position where you've had kids, you have a wife, you have a house, you have a career, that kind of, I know for me that kind of young man energy just isn't it isn't quite there anymore. My experience watching this WTF genre of film is is very different. And I was wondering what your experience at this point of your life is like watching these movies. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with that a lot. I, um, I'm in a situation like Nora, my wife, uh, doesn't like movies that are quite as negative. So we don't, a lot of the media we consume, we're much more aware of the disposition of, of the, what, what the, what this media is going to do to us because a, our, our time constraints are vastly different. So we're, we're spending very precious free minutes watching anything that we want to watch. And so we, we, we better be choosy and we're going to choose based on this, the, the effects on us that we want. So are we, is it upbeat? Is it, is it a show that's in half an hour form because that's much more consumable, like bites that you can do? Is it dramatic? Is it going to piss us off because it's too political and it's too close to home? Is it about kids? Are the kids in jeopardy? Because that's just not going to put us in a good mood. Like that, it's really hard to deal with that at this point in time. So you guys are binging House of the Dragons, right? You know? <laughs> Ted Lasso, you know, is, is upbeat, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, there's a movie where this guy's in New Orleans in, uh, during Katrina. So the, this, this whole movie is, um, is a race against time to, to get out through the flood and, and get his kid power to this ventilator and he's trying to find batteries. It's oh. so stressful. Like we need to manage our stress level of the media. I'm just throwing that out kind of as that's, that's much more introspective. We're, we're, we're aware of, uh, of what it's of the role of the entertainment in our lives kind of. But for me, this is the kind of stuff I like to watch after Nora falls asleep and I get to be on my own and, and be, have my mind expanded a little bit. And so that's the time period when I thirst for those things, but even that those minutes are even more precious. So, uh, so I have room in my life for primer. It's so nerdy. It's engineering the the vagaries of the different time travel methodologies like really fascinate me so it's kind of like a, a study that i like to do now compare that with who's the guy that made the brad pitt movie tone poems like visual poems oh terrence malick terrence malick yeah yeah so like terrence malick i do not have time Wait, on, that's can we can we tie it in i feel like it's yeah so so let me say um so on the flip okay. side, movies like Terrence Malick. Wait, let me let me look up. Tree of Life. Tree of Life is the name. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so Terrence Malick, Tree of Life. I did watch that, and I wish I could get those minutes back because <laughs> I, agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, I didn't see it, so I'm out. And and I and I appreciate now kind of like the meta thought of what are they trying to do? What, why did the director make this movie? What is the movie trying to be? It doesn't have to be what I want it to be. It can be what it, it is. And I can appreciate that. And I, and, I, and, I get, and I don't want it to not exist. I want people that enjoy that kind of thing to enjoy it. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, it's not worth it for me. It doesn't give me the things that I want when I'm consuming it. So it didn't even give me that much kind of interesting uh, thought process or or I didn't muse about it that much it seemed just mostly empty and you know what I don't want to try to figure it out in primer honestly I I agree with KJ when he said um like you know I could go in and try to time diagram the thing and really figure out what <laughs> what went wrong and what's what's happening and I'm not going to do that I'm just going to say wow that was pretty crazy probably is a lot of stuff happened I'll I'll go and do something else now <laughs> Well, that's how I felt when we were having our first impressions last week. 
I like three quarters of the film, but then when I had to start like figuring out all the ends, sometimes my brain will play along. There was just too many data points that I yeah. couldn't play along. And as a, an adult, what one thing that I have grown into now is that, you know what, I don't have to figure it out. It's not a, it's not required to figure it out to enjoy the movie. I could try to figure it out if I felt like spending my time doing that, but I'm just going to let it be and not feel guilty, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how many iterations the main character went through in Groundhog Day. So <laughs> that oh, was yeah. in, a prior, in yeah. a prior episode and it still intrigues me, but you're right. Not every movie has to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that, Andy. I, I mean, I think as a, a person who's who's knocking on the door of forty, um, movies that are going to get not, you. Yeah, it's, it is. I'm forty one well, now, I, so I'm, oh, you know, I'm, you're, I you're on the other the, side of that. I just crossed oh, yeah. over. Yeah, just crossed over. Oh uh, yeah. I, well, I hope forty gets me because the alternative is worse. <laughs> True. I, this is one of those upbeat contents. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I know what Andy, I know what you're talking about, Andy. Like, I want something that is, it's not necessarily upbeat, but it's something humane, right? That's not dark, that's not mean. And I think, like, when I was 20, I could deal with movies that are, that were a little aggressive, right? And, and yeah. a little, a little angrier. Uh, yep. I could deal with, like, the Tarantinos of, of the world and whatnot. Um, yeah. But now at, at, this age, I I agree with you. I don't want to see something that unnecessarily stresses me out because that feels like a trick. I want to see something that's kind of affirming of the human condition, what, whatever that means. Something that isn't necessarily happy, but isn't you know mired in depression. I want some kind of yeah, some kind of salvation, even a salvation in tragedy. That's what I'm looking yeah. for now in movies. And I think yep. the W2F genre really doesn't do that because it's too interested in its own edginess. Uh, and Primer is certainly that, right? The, these characters are barely human beings. You know, Abe and Aaron are, you know, barely human beings. I It seems like Aaron is more aggressive than Abe. I'm, I think Abe is dating someone, but it's not entirely sure um, because we yeah. don't recognize them as human beings, right? They're just there's sort of data points in order to create this, this plot for this character. And I also entirely agree about Terrence Malick. His other movies are just as bad, by the way, um, as Tree of Life, right? Not a fan, not fond. Yeah, not, not, I'm not fond of Terrence Malick, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but I will say this about Terrence Malick. He is trying to find something positive in, in the lived experience of, of a small life. And I think Tree of Life fails in that way but at, at least there's something humane about that movie um i don't see that there's warmness you know yeah, yeah. There, there's certainly warmth i think that i think it's kind of covered up with his kind of bad dinosaurs that he has in it and, and all that other oh, stuff. I forgot about that part. You forgot about the dinosaurs, yeah. I Got never it. saw the film. Audience, <laughs> there, there is, it's a movie about a family in Texas, but there is at one point literally dinosaurs walking around. And it's cool. the worst CGI you'll ever see. But um, yeah, so I, I really like that. Andy, I, I, feel, uh, I feel like we are looking for the same things in movies at this point in our life. That's really interesting. So I, I also completely agree that when watching movies, when you're younger, you're kind of looking for these intellectual things. And as you get older, you want to 
consider how the movie's going to make you feel. But Andy, I never thought about then gaming the game and trying to f- find movies that made me feel positive. It, I feel like it, it right now I'm more just looking for movies that make me feel. Like I recently watched Blonde, the uh, Marilyn Monroe oh. movie, and there's there's nothing upbeat about that movie, but it, it <laughs> certainly makes you feel. But yeah. yes, would it have made more sense to turn on an episode of Ted Lasso as opposed to dive into one of these movies that they might be important or, or, you know, we shouldn't shun or stay away from the negative feelings forever. But it's, it's, that's very interesting, Andy, that you're, you're actually seeking the upbeat. That makes a lot of sense. I feel a lot of us regulate what we're looking for subconsciously. So there will be times where I'm like, I want to watch a comedy today. There's, you know, it's not like I'm saying, the endorphins and this, and there's other ones like, no, I can sit down and watch a serious movie. I can, for me, it's like, I have to be in a certain mood to watch a foreign film and subtitles. So I go through these swings, but I can't say I'm purposely just like cognitively thinking, this is what I need at this point in my life. It's just a feeling. <laughs> I mean, your mood reflects it. And and we always, uh, Nora and I say with food that your appetite reflects your needs. Sometimes you just really want a salad, like at least I do. I've been eating junk all through the holidays, whatever. And man, like giant salad was the most delicious thing in the world. And I knew it's like my body, my body knew I needed those vitamins and it manifested through appetite, you know? What are these greens? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And your, your desire, you know, probably is in there. It's, it's, um, you know, sometimes you, you could reflect and, and understand like where that, inclination that night to do something comes from like maybe sometimes there's not really a reason that you just feel like it but a lot of times those feelings you know come from a place and uh you can start to recognize the source of it because also you know it's like entertainment is about kind of um, relaxing in the evening and about mood and there i watch things for other reasons because uh, they're just interesting but and that mood is a palliative at the end of the day of work or at the end of a stressful family day or whatever it was, you know, there's, there's good and bad days. And I know now that, that what I'm going to want in the evening is a reflection of, of the continuum of what I've had to deal with. I mean, a lot of through, through the past few years, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it comes up a lot in different episodes. It's like life was extremely stressful. There was a hell of a lot enough stress to deal with. And so uh, movie movies and shows that, are uplifting helped with that. And I was also going to say that, you know, I think sometimes it's so easy to use the, the, the negativity, the shock value of that sometimes to, to just go more and more extreme. It's a crutch, right? That's, that's an, that's an easy way to to get intensity and to, to get dramatic uh, tension out of it. It's much harder, I think, to make an interesting, like not kind of uh, soporific might be the right word uh you know kind of like vapid thing something with depth that is also positive that's really hard and there but there have been a couple shows recently that doing such a good job of it um like the good place it's such an interesting idea and it ends up being a really uplifting show that one is a little bit snarky because that's the other dimension it's like like so many shows and movies are so self-aware and ironic you know that you can't get out of it and it's like something that's just actually sincere is is like refreshing it's just what it is you know it's there 
Well, audience, I hope this episode fulfilled your appetite for Talking Pictures trivia, whether it was uplifting or not. I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, Nick. Wait, I thought this was the second iteration. Someone else won. Oh, it wasn't? I, oh. <laughs> Tom. Hey. Andy. <laughs> yes. The winner, ironically enough, is KJ. Congratulations, KJ, on your victory. <laughs> Actually, it's really funny when you didn't know the answer to all that. <laughs> you can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, limited lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia, wherever fine podcasts are found. Ding, 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 ding. Wow, Talking Studios.